Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org to find links to all of the stories that I'm about to discuss. Let's jump in with our first story of the week, Teletrans Care Shows Promise. A study led by Gina Secura found that gender minority youth overall had positive feelings about telemedicine, which, as you probably know, has expanded rapidly during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, They found that almost 9 in 10, or 88% to be exact, of youth were willing to use telemedicine in the future, having had tried it uh, during the period of this study. Most did say that they preferred in-person care for their first visit, although the, the preference kind of switched more towards being uh, happy with trans uh, with telemedicine for the second visit and later, which kind of makes sense that people may want to establish a more uh, one-on-one relationship and get comfortable with a provider first uh, in person before they move to telemedicine. Um, but that, to me, suggests a really... Uh, interesting model for potential care in the future where, where folks who especially don't live uh, near a, um, a trans-affirming um, provider or maybe they have transportation issues, etc., could go in and get to know that provider in person at first and then carry on uh, through telemedicine. So this could be a really um, great option to help expand care, especially in areas that are, are not well uh, served by, by trans-friendly and competent providers. Now our next story, HIV app gets five stars. Elsewhere in health technology news this week, uh, researchers who were led by Katie Biello found that uh, young sexual minority men responded well to an app designed to help them access HIV-related resources. Now this was a small pilot study done to test an app. Uh, The app provided users with tailored recommendations on HIV testing and accessing PrEP and also helped to locate services. So kind of an all-in-one tool that helped them kind of see, okay, what are my risks? You know, should I go get tested now? Um, Am I maybe a good candidate for getting PrEP? And then how can I go and find all of these uh, services? So, you know, two two studies this week, both showing um, promise for kind of... um, tech innovations, which to be honest, aren't, you know, uh, aren't that shocking. We, we know that young people, um, are, are much more inclined to, uh, use their phones to access services and information. Um, and so it's good to see research being done to kind of back up this type of intervention. Next up financial and logistics challenges for centers. Forbes reported on the challenges facing LGBT community and health centers during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, these include financial struggles. Um, They report on um, one health center that faced about a 60% drop in revenue, um, which makes sense because, you know, people are are accessing fewer services. And also, uh, you know, it seems like, uh, especially early on in the pandemic, um, it was a tough transition to make to to providing telehealth care and actually making sure that that was going to get reimbursed, which is one of the big challenges that telehealth care has has faced is that uh, it's not traditionally been something that's been billable to 
to insurance. Um, so, you know, they talk about some of the financial challenges as well as just all the logistics challenges, uh, you know, doing things like providing at-home HIV and STI testing kits uh, for people who weren't able to come into the clinic either because they didn't feel safe or because a center was closed. So definitely interesting to look at this um, and, and think about that financial perspective, uh, which has been a real challenge for a lot of these centers. Our next story looks at trans youth and heart health. Researchers led by Anna Valentin found that youth with a diagnosis of gender dysphoria are more likely to have a medical diagnosis related to cardiovascular or metabolic health. For example, youth with gender dysphoria, which of course includes uh, trans youth and questioning youth, were 1.8 times more likely than others to have abnormal cholesterol levels. They also found that trans males in particular were 1.5 times more likely than others to be overweight or obese. These are just a couple examples I picked out. There were other disparities that they found as well. Um, And this is really kind of the first study of its kind to look at these um, risks to heart health and other problems uh, that are facing transgender youth. So definitely um, concerning and uh, something that that, uh, merits more study. Next up. Teen activists take the lead. NBC News reported on youth activists who are leading the fight against bills seeking to limit trans rights across the country. For example, one 11th grade student in South Carolina is fighting that state legislature's attempt to ban trans student athletes from participating in sports. The activism surge comes as lawmakers have shifted in recent years from general anti-trans legislation, probably the most famous among them being the quote-unquote bathroom bills that sought to prevent trans people from accessing restrooms and other facilities that match their gender identity. So we've seen a switch from that to bills that have been targeting youth in particular. Uh, Oftentimes the article says these are being framed as things that are supposed to protect minors, whereas advocates uh, say that these actually cause harm. So not allowing athletes to participate is one, uh, accessing gender-affirming care has been another hot-button issue this year. And finally for this week, tracking athletic bills. In a related story, Movement Advancement Project published a map that is tracking states that ban trans student-athletes from participating in sports that align with their gender identity. Currently, five states have such ban. Uh, bans, although uh, the first state to enact such a measure, which was Idaho, has its ban currently being held up in a court while the court reviews whether or not the ban is legal. Of course, that court ruling uh, could eventually go on to impact other states that either already have such a law or that are looking at enacting such a law. Uh, this is a really concerning issue, as we mentioned in the, the story ahead of this, and I would encourage folks to check out ActionLink, um, which is CenterLink's program to help people get involved in policy issues. If you want to uh, get involved in this type of thing that may be happening uh, in your state or in your local community. That brings to a close another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. I hope that you've enjoyed listening. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to check out any of the stories that I have discussed this week. And as always, I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and tune in again next week for another edition.